with your word. Your word is holy, Father. It will do what it is uh, conformed to do and sent to do and commissioned to do. So we thank you for the purity and the assurance that's in your word. We receive it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So today I thought I'd start teaching on the the burden of self-importance. The burden of self-importance. <clears throat> because we were, were we were listening to uh, uh, the Todd White uh, videos and, and you know uh, the power that comes through his ministry and you know we all want to be used by God and, and that's always so amazing uh, to see the signs and wonders that come forth but there were some very very key and crucial elements to his teaching that I think uh, really bear understanding. Uh, one <clears throat> was that it's not about us ever. You see, um, I can remember being a new Christian and I was thinking, I said, well, I'm doing this for God until. That yeah, was my thought because my mind wasn't renewed yet to the things of God to understand the life work that God's called us to in the new creation means that the old ways are passed away. That old person is dead not to be raised up again. And so I was always looking at what I was doing at that time as necessary for a time only and then I could go back to what I call my old life you see. And so lurking in the back in everybody's thinking in the darkness of our souls is that old man who wants to uh, come forth and and live again. You know he just really wants to live again. And then we have the enemy who's always laying snares and traps for us so that we lose confidence in the new man. Because he's new. He's new to us. And so this takes a great deal of humility to walk with God, learning his ways, and being confident that his way is the best way. Because we have no prior experience with God, no prior knowledge. This new creation is new to us. We don't know everything that God has planned for us. It's a, it's a great kind of unknown thing. Uh, but when you have faith and confidence in God and you know basically what he saved you for, what he's called you to do, <coughs> you can gain more and more confidence in it. But it is a fight to stay in faith with God. It, it's a daily decision to go forward with God. And a daily uh, understanding of how to stay humble to God and, and what he's developing in us and how he's changing us on the inside continually to conform to the image of his son. That's the most important thing to God that we conform to the image of Christ because he created us that way with that type of beauty upon us and he wants that back. He wants that back. I was watching uh, some some uh, you know different little news things last night, and I <clears throat> I see the uh, um, the actor Gary Sinise uh, is is just so committed to helping wounded veterans, and uh, just works like a dog. I mean, he's on the road continually because he so believes in it, and uh, he named his band after the character. 
do you remember him in Forrest Gump and the double amputee veteran uh, yeah Lieutenant Dan and he says he says you know he said I just believe that was my destiny he said it was my destiny to play that character and from that character developed my real destiny to help <clears throat> these soldiers and it, it it was really moving to see that he's got that sense from God that it's not just a way to dispose of some extra income because he makes millions from movies or TV or something but this is a real calling to him and, and how he's you know gone forth and, and, and done that but uh, you see the the people the parents that send their children off to the service and they come back maimed wounded some of them burned beyond they don't recognize themselves and I think that's the way God felt about us when we disobeyed and we fell into sin that we were so marred and damaged we weren't recognizable you know how I know that is because when our sin was placed on his son what does the Bible said he was marred beyond any man beyond recognition he was not recognizable as a human anymore because he took on our sin so imagine God having to know that we're in that condition he wants us back whole you see what I'm do you see how important it is for him to him for us to be brought back and conform to the image that he originally created us to be I'm sure if those parents could pay any amount of money to get their kid back whole again, they would do it. You know what I mean? There's something about that, seeing the damage that the world has done to a child of yours or relative or husband or friend or anybody that that makes you want to make up for that in some way. You want them back in the original condition that you created them to be. And that's so important to God. It's so important to him. So important that he gave the life of his son to purchase that for each and every one of us. And so we should consider it uh, an honor and a privilege to walk this life with God. Because look at what he's done. And and look at what he is yet doing in us, shaping and molding and, and helping us to understand who we really are and to walk in that on the earth. To be people that have, have been changed into his glorious image. To be that people. And so that's that's such to me that's such a uh, an awesome thing when I think about it. Is that he cares that much about each and every one of us. He doesn't want to leave us half done. You know half done. Where we go through a few little things and, and, and can do a few things for God and we think we got it all. That's only half done because God knows what he wants us to be and if he's not finished he's just not finished and he has perfection in mind for his people part of that perfection has to do with <clears throat> taking upon us the ministry of Christ and and making that a lifestyle to shape your lifestyle around the ministry of Jesus Christ because you're conformed into his image as one who went through the earth doing good healing all who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him there was not a day that Jesus didn't preach 
and not a day that he didn't uh, uh, meet someone with the power of God to change their lives. That, that, and that's, I believe, what he puts in us is the the understanding of what a great love he has for each and every one of us that we want to impart that to others and we have a zeal about it we have a burning inside of us to to share that and to get that (coughs) out to other people and so it's with that you we need to understand that God has uh, relinquished or relieved us of the burden of the self-life self-importance is a burden it's a burden. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus even says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So the rest of God is what we are to enter into by faith. And then to allow the transformation process to happen as we make choices to obey God. It's just that simple. Jesus laid down his royalty he made himself of no reputation and he took on the form of a man of a human and when he found himself in that condition the Bible says he humbled himself to obey the father in all things so when we understand that we've been relieved of this burden of self importance it's easy to humble yourself further so that God can can make the changes that need to be made so that we can be conformed to his image and in that carry out the ministry of Jesus on the earth. And it's, it's just that way. Uh, you can't conform people to something you're not. You can't present something that you're not. Now people can know historically who Jesus is. We can know a lot of truths about the Lord. But if we're not living those and we don't have confidence in those things. You can't really present it to someone else in a way that it will benefit them. Same thing that that uh, <clears throat> the gifts of God work hand in hand with the fruit of God's spirit. So that you cannot have a gift that the fruit cannot sustain. See, the fruit gifts grow as part of the the righteousness, the tree of righteousness that you are. And you can't go through life just being a gifted person without the fruit sustaining it. The fruit has to sustain the gift. The in the Old Testament the Levitical priests had a robe and it was decorated at the the bottom of the robe alternating a a bell and a pomegranate and they were alternating across the hem of the priest and that's us we're the priesthood now but we alternate a gift with a fruit the bell represents a gift because the gift calls attention to the priest and it draws people to you as a priest. But the fruit alternates with gifts. So you get a gift and a fruit and a gift and a fruit and a gift and a fruit. Fruit has to do with the inner character of Christ being developed in the individual. And the fruit comes as a, an adjunct to that. See the fruit makes the gift easier to bear. 
The gift can be a burden. Huh? If it's not alternated with fruit. So God wants us to be relieved of all burdens. And that's why he, he, um, he plans our life that way. He plans it. So that there's character formation to handle the responsibility and burden of the gifts that he'll place on us and then there are gifts that are given to enhance our ability to help others gifts are not given to build our ministry to create a reputation for us they're not given for any of those reasons the gifts are given as a tool to help us to serve humanity and to alleviate suffering on the earth to to solve problems for people <clears throat> all of those things pushing a gift beyond okay, your character will cause that gift to either be polluted misused or it can backfire on you in such a way there will be a demand put on the use of the gift without your 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 character being able to sustain that pressure it's like being in a uh, in a volatile situation and there are many people that want to push their gifts and promote them, themselves according to their gift you know and and, um, and so you have to be careful that God has helped you and developed you and it's not about going somewhere getting a certificate and going through somebody's program but it's more about God's program with you personally where you know personally with him that these things are are things that he's placed upon your life you see gifts are so powerful uh, against the kingdom of darkness that the enemy will will seek retaliation when a person ministers out of gift. You know, I, I used to watch it all the time. I was in a, a church that you know they kind of old traditional and spirit filled, a lot of mixture in there, and so the pastor had ordained me as one of the ministers there and if there was somebody that didn't pray in tongues and you know needed to be baptized in the spirit they would always ask me to do it and it would never fail the minute I would go to begin to explain and and you know pray for somebody ten little people would come and start talking right in the corner you know (laughs) always some movement toward that why because the gift and the ability there the enemy wants to thwart and keep you from going forward in that the minute you lay hands on somebody and they get healed the devil will do something to move you move them to, you know if there's your next door neighbor all of a sudden the truck is at the door pulling them out of the neighborhood or you know some kind of movement against the release of the gift will come you got me somebody at work will tell on you or something you get fired or you get suspended or anything like that to stop that and so that's why God alternates the gift with the fruit so you won't get involved in there and get self-important and say well somebody's out to get me and take it personally alright it ain't personal it's only business you got me it's got nothing to do with you as a person but this is the business of how the kingdom of darkness comes against the kingdom of light and so we have to realize that when gifts come forth uh, 
there must be a fruit and the vessel has to depend on the fruit of the spirit for their life that's what sustains you is the fruit of God's spirit because if you try to maneuver these things and have too much of the natural man still in operation you'll get discouraged with it you'll take it personally you'll start retaliating against people you'll forget that you're there to help people you'll start trying to get ugly with folk and you know get on a campaign to get your job back and all this kind of stuff when really all you had to do is go tell your daddy they took my job daddy get me another one you got me or put me back out there whatever and so we must realize that that fruit development character development is the important thing the important thing because once that's done then God can put pretty much any kind of gift upon your life that he desires because he knows he can trust you you're not in it for vainglory you're not in it to make a name for yourself you're not in it to compensate for insecurity in some area in your life all that kind of stuff that you don't exist anymore so the burden of self-importance has to be lifted permanently from our lives so Jesus said come unto me all you who are labor and are heavy laden I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart that's the way he wants us to live and when you live meek and lowly in heart you'll find rest for your soul for my yoke is easy and my burden is light so when Jesus died on the cross he did that to remove the burden of self-importance from us now self-importance just has to do with the way you lived your life before you found Christ you had to fend for yourself you had to do everything for yourself you had to pay for your schooling you had to you know make up what you want to do for a career and and walk that out you had to go find a job you had to schmooze up to the boss or do whatever you need to do to keep your job it was a hard life and so Jesus said when you recognize that that's not the life I had for you or you recognize that that life is not what you want to live you can come to me through repentance and I'll remove that burden of self-importance from you and you can humble yourself live the meek and lowly life and find that you can yoke with me and my yoke is easy and my burden is light so those are some keys to know when we're in the kingdom with Jesus or whether we're over in the kingdom of darkness again and living out of ourself and out of the power of self and out of pride pride brings a heaviness into your life huh? pick it back up what am I going to do how am I going to do this how am I going to get that how am I you know that's the pride life the self-important life and so when you find yourself under that heavy yoke again you know you've stepped back over either into the carnal man over in the kingdom of darkness but you can always repent and find yourself back over into God's kingdom where you yoke up with his son and Jesus pulls the weight of life for you he leads you and guides you in the way you should go and you'll find that that way is peaceful and that way is easy if you will let him lead and just rest in it see just rest in it 
Now we know there's an enemy of our souls who wants to come stir us up so we don't have, you know, <laughs> they got a law against disturbing the peace. And I can see why. You just want to put somebody in jail for messing up your peace. You know, I was set for life right here. I was cruising. I was all meditating on God and expecting good things. And here this stuff has jumped up. So we know he's going to be there. So repentance helps us to voluntarily lay that burden down. Hmm? When you in your mind decide, you know what, I'm not going to pick this up anymore. I'm just going to let God have it. And sometimes it can be minute by minute. You know, somebody says something, you want to say something back, and you say, no, I'm not going to say nothing. And you something wells up and says, I'm not going to say nothing. I'm not going to say nothing. And so repentance helps you to voluntarily lay down that burden of self-importance. You don't have to fight for you anymore. You don't have to fend for yourself anymore. You don't have to do any of that stuff that you used to do anymore. Because you're now hooked up with the yoke of Jesus. And he pulls the weight of life for you. Pride is the result of the fall of man. And it will lead us back into the fallen life. So the Bible says pride goeth before the fall or it leads you into a fall. So whenever that burden of self-importance is picked up again. Know that if you don't repent and say nope I'm not going to go that way. Let me trust God. Oh God you said so and so and so and so. And I'm going to trust your word and let it go. Then if you follow that line, that will lead you into a fall. In the fallen life, we serve the man of the flesh. So whatever your flesh dictates is what you will do. Your flesh is easily deceived and tricked by the devil's maneuvers. And so that's why it's good to dwell under the shadow of the Almighty. Just stay close to God. You don't have anything to prove to anybody. You don't have to show anybody anything. You don't have to convince anybody of anything. All you got to do is be cool and trust God. And that's a big fight for us sometimes. Because sometimes pressure can get on you. And the ideas that come to you seem rational and normal. And you think well what would that hurt? You know, <laughs> and then then you're scared to find out, but you might do it anyway a little bit and see if it'll help you. You know, and so we have to be careful that we're we're minute by minute in all of our decisions trusting in God. So in order to remove the uh, the burden of self-importance, because this is so so what God wants to do, He so wants to do this for us. Jesus condemns the flesh and renders it powerless against the new creation. Our old man was nailed to the tree and rendered powerless against your new man. So even though your new man may be I don't know how many how old in God and that doesn't really make any difference year wise it's the maturity of what God's developing in you that's really important but even though you've walked with God for a while sometimes there is a tendency to trust in the arm of flesh rather than trusting in God and so this new man we're still getting acquainted with him we see in the Bible what what the Christian is capable of but we see ourselves sometimes being a long way from that 
See? So we think, ooh, if I, how long is it going to take me to get to the place where it might take just a minute? You know, sometimes we look at what they did in the early church as far as ministry is concerned. Ooh, I don't know how much scripture I have to know, how much I got to meditate, how much I got to study to get to that point. That point might come when somebody with a need gets in front of you. You see what I'm saying? So you have to understand that God's ways are just like that. They are trust and faith ways. And so if you will move in the right vein when that opportunity presents itself, you might find out you got a whole lot more going on inside of you than you thought. Huh? You get up there and you say something and somebody says, Well, I want I want the Lord. I want you. can you lead me to the Lord? And you lay hands on them, they pray in tongues a whole nine yards, and you go, Oh my goodness. Glory to God. You know, all glory to him. You know what I'm saying? But it it you just don't know about these things. See, these things are are <clears throat> received by faith. And you expect that God would want to know, use you, but you have no clue what that means, see. But then you know that when you get in that realm of the anointing and faith in God and you step over there, glorious things will happen that you know not. And you've never done them before and you want to see more of them and, and all of that kind of stuff. And so it's wonderful to know that we have that life for us in God. And we can keep it and keep it stronger if we'll stay out of this burden you know, of, of self-importance. You've got to lay that burden down once and for all. Uh, and there's temptation to pick it up again. We're going to talk about that some. So in the fallen life we said we serve the man of flesh and this is the fight of faith. Do you have confidence in God and what he's called you to be and who he's called you to be? Do you really believe those things or do you have confidence in the flesh still? So we said Jesus condemned the flesh by nailing it into the tree. And renders it powerless against the new creation. If you think about the fact that every king of the earth was threatened when Jesus was born. You'll understand the power of the new creation man. I hear he's a baby can't do anything for himself. And there all of a sudden everybody on earth wants to kill him. Why? They know God and they know the potential. So really what the devil is after is your potential. And see we got to believe in our potential. Because if we don't we'll discount that as nothing because of what we haven't seen ourselves do yet. Or we don't we haven't done this or we haven't thought about that or we don't think about it every day. Or here I am in this job day in and day out. And I don't feel glorious. I don't feel anointed. I don't have way feel saved at the time. No, 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 no. But you must believe in your real identity and you got to believe in your potential. Because the devil has every confidence in your potential. Because he knows if he can keep you from stepping over that glorious line. There's a line that everybody steps over into where the glory of God hits them in the full. And they can do wonders and miracles and all those kinds of things. He knows that if he can keep you from approaching that line and getting over there. Then he's got you. 
But he knows if he ever gets off his job and you step over into that. Then not only is, is it it's not now, it's not anymore, it's potential, it's reality. And you've had a taste of it already. And so once you get a taste of it. Then he'll he'll try and discredit it in some way. Trust me, he keeps working at this thing to see if he can get you to pick up the old life again, get you in some kind of pride where you gotta take care of yourself, fend for yourself, you know, do something to get you out of where God puts you. And you know, like you'll have one of those those dry seasons where you haven't spoken to anybody about the Lord, you haven't done this, you haven't done that. Well, it's just because you haven't been in the opportunity of God yet. Sometimes God keeps us in a certain place because of what He's developing on the inside of us. See, ministry He takes care of. That's we're not the world's not waiting for us to get anointed so we can go out there and do damage to the kingdom. We do it every time we read the word. Every time we met Every time you make a kingdom decision to stay with God and not go the devil's way. You've already wrecked his program. And see God has got bigger things in mind than just us and our little thing that we could do in his name. He's got a whole bride he's looking at preparing. He's got a whole army of people he's looking at preparing. And this army it seems like from prophecy and and those kinds of things. This army will come forth as a body. Not as one little person here and one little person there. God does that just, just because those people are asking and he's doing these things. But if you look at what we talk about or we prophesy that the end time is going to look like. We're going to outdo what they did in the book of Acts. It will be a mighty army of people. Who will just come as a people and just go and overflow everything. Run everything over. See. What, what the trouble we've had in past, past moves of God is that we move forward and the devil counters us and we step back ten feet. And then we got to get up and start moving forward again. Well it's enough of that. See, enough of that. God's going to do it in the secret place where he's developing people in the inner. All of a sudden you wake up one, one morning and say, I look like I'm supposed to get married here. I look beautiful, you know. I'm all dressed. I'm all adorned. All I got to do is step on the devil's head a few more times and I'm ready. You see. And so, you know, you say yes to the dress, so to speak. <laughs> Whatever. You know what I'm saying? But but that preparation is an inner preparation. God is doing that in the secret place. It may not seem like it. Sometimes you may think, well, <laughs> what kind of bride am I? <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like a bride. I don't look like one. You know, I can get my nails done in such a long time and all this kind of stuff. But yet you're you're being adorned. You're being conformed. You're being outfitted. You are. So and the devil sees that. He sees your potential. That's why he's so he's so quick to want to discourage God's people. You know, I think that's because we have to be a courageous people in order to keep up with what God has for us. And so he he'll do things to cause us to be disheartened and, you know, on personal issues, especially things that we want to see happen and the things that maybe we prayed for for a long time. Uh, He wants to make us think that they won't happen. 
or and then you have to think to yourself well if they don't happen and is that the end of the world for me you got me I mean he'll make them so big you ever have a thought like that sometimes it's like well if it don't is that gonna kill me hear me seriously and so you know disarming the devil is is very important here folks you got to take all of his his toys that he's trying to dangle in front of you you got to strip him of those things and be like job you know though he slay me yet will i trust him who else you gonna trust you trust muhammad <laughs> you trust Buddha. <laughs> so you, you got to trust God. You, you've walked with Him this far. You got to continue to trust Him. Huh? Got to continue to trust Him. I don't understand these people get married after 24 years of marriage. I mean, get divorced after 24 years. I mean, man, all the labor you put in, all the hard stuff, and the huh? Yes. You woke up one morning that brother was dragging his knuckles across the floor. You thought he was. Sister got up and you found out she can't cook. I mean nothing. And you survived it. You got through it. Got the kids raised. Got everything. And now you go bail? I don't understand that. Wow. The hardest part's over already. It's all over but the shouting right now. But you see how the devil gets in there and makes people think there's something out there for them? Better than what they have? Ay, 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 ay. And you get over in your 50s and stuff like that. Everything's artificial. <laughs> Take the teeth out, the eyeballs out. Yeah, everything is laying up on the dresser. Come on now. You, know, you can't be... I will. I won't even go there. I'm just thinking out loud. Let me get back to my scripture. I got a scripture here that I'm working on. But you know, I mean, any way to doubt, I'm, I'm thinking, how could the devil get in there? You know, we fell in love thin. We didn't got fat, and we happy. I can't go through that. You know, oh, don't sign me up for Jenny Craig so I can find somebody new. It's not worth it. Oh Lord. Hallelujah. Holler back. <laughs> Somebody holler back. Anyway. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> I mean you live for them days where you grow old together so you can relax. Huh? <laughs> Baby you never knew this about me but I can eat four truffles at one time. <laughs> relax. <laughs> It's all over but the shouting. Ah, well, anywho. (laughs) So anyway, the new creation man, though, is freed from the man of flesh and the law of sin and death. So even in a a brand new baby stage, your new man is very, very powerful. Very powerful. Very powerful. I used to when I was a newer Christian I would uh, I started out you, most of you know that you know I was phobic I couldn't go out of the house first few years I was saved I went nowhere and I finally <clears throat> got to the point where I got confident to go out be among people and you know without breaking out in the sweat and you know having you know all of that and anxiety attacks and so as I grew confident 
you know in just being able to have self-control God got me involved in in some Bible studies and things of that nature and and so I would hear people say things like oh Ooh, spiritual warfare that's you know that's something for mature you know they would have all these stages of Christian development baby Christian and they would say oh yeah you you can't uh, you can't bind the devil you can't do this and you can't do that and see that reaction is because I made up my mind that that was a lie and I taught people from brand new Christians how to take authority because you do have authority. And see God taught me that I had authority. You know how? The first Bible study I had nothing but witches ever came for the first and it was a sink or swim. You either use your authority and see that it's there or you don't. You got me? And so that will show you what your authority will do by putting it definitely to the test and that's what God does when you're when you are quote unquote new he'll show you what your new baby Christian self can do huh because he will bring that challenge there to you and it's like do you draw from within or you go and run I used to tell Pastor Shirley, I said, I saw you sitting over there eating donuts and watching me wrestle with the witch. She's supposed to be my intercessor. You, my buddies. We, we go in here. We, boom. Right. <laughs> she was just, she said, that was getting good. I just couldn't. I'm watching the show, man. Give me another donut. We was watching the show. <laughs> See you go in. But anyway, you know, it's, it's and it's, to show us, demonstrate that you have this treasure. That's the treasure. Is the power to confront the enemy in earthen vessels. And when it needs to be called up, God can call it up. But you've got to be in a place where you trust God. You know, He won't call it up for you to be defeated. He won't get you in these positions unless he knows that he can, can count on you to go within and not try to live from without. See? And so he had taught me how to come from within from what I needed from him you know, from, from a while. And so these are the things that, that you need to understand about that new creation person. I don't care how new anything you are. God if he put something before you he didn't put it before you for it to defeat you. It's for you to overcome. So as this new creation man connects or yokes with Jesus the easy way emerges and the believer is able to experience life and the life that God intended and the life more abundant. Whatever you consider to be more abundant God will will make sure that he reveals that to you. He makes that happen for you. More abundant can be uh, you know a peaceful life here on earth. And the authority to manage your own life. And the lives of people you care about. That's part of it too. Because you can speak as an intercessor. You can speak into the lives of people from far away. You know, with the internet now, we can connect with people on different continents immediately. Can pray and intercede for them and and all of the things that we do. And so these things are are very important for us to understand as part of the easy yoke of Jesus. See, it's whoever asks you for prayer, it's never a problem. 
because they are able you are able to rise up to that occasion and able to be a help in their life and take authority you can you can come into agreement with people who are way on the other side of the world and find success in God just because of of what he's put into you so the new creature has great capabilities great capabilities don't ever under don't say something like well i don't know how to pray for the sick or i don't know how to do this or i don't ask god to teach you if you need lessons ask him to teach you (coughs) you'll learn how to do it here because that's you know school of ministry day that's what we do and so when you when you understand that that we when you are taught by God he teaches the inner man he speaks to your potential he brings out that potential at the right time but he he does require that we lay down this burden of self-importance that's got to be gotten rid of so only when self-importance or pride reemerges does this burden return so if if you drift off into pride that burden of self-importance will return again so self-importance we said before our new birth we had to do everything for ourselves and we fought against the limits of our abilities people in authority over us had great power in our lives remember if your teacher said you were quote unquote college material you got groomed that way if they decided you weren't you didn't you got me Uh, my thinking is that that the education system is so far behind where the average you know child is right now that they don't even know what to do with our they don't and they are they're not teaching them anything either and so there there has to come a way now to reach and teach young people and hold their interest that the educators haven't even tapped into yet see and we're not sure when they're going to do it and so because they're losing and the dropout rate is is horrendous some places it's as high as 75 percent you look at who entered in kindergarten what year and who graduated and you lose three quarters of them because there's something wrong with the education system there's nothing wrong with people people are always the same so there has to be a way uh, to do that and so we fight against the limits of our abilities when we pick up the burden of self-importance we're limited to what we know and what we can do it's so much better to live out of the spirit where there's unlimited potential in God unlimited potential it's according to your faith what can you believe God to do and what are you asking him to do I decided when we had to do the, the the buses and everything, I decided I was going to ask God for a miracle every day. I need a miracle today, God. I need a miracle every day. Every day, expect a miracle. I remember Oral Roberts saying that. He said, there's a miracle either coming toward you or passing by you at all times. And I said, gee, I wish I could believe that. <laughs> you know, It won't happen until you call for it and you start expecting it. And so when you when you begin to to take the limits off God and live in that unlimited potential that's when you'll start to see the greatness your the greatness that's within your spirit man you'll start seeing that when you take the limits off God 
So we had limits in our abilities, in our resources, and our hope was limited. You couldn't hope for great things. You could only hope for what, you know, was defined as your potential. When we had needs, we made plans to meet those needs on our own. If you didn't have the financial resources, you just forgot about it. Huh? Or you know, or you could get them at some point if you'd save, and if you saved and were diligent about it, you got it. But most most plans to get things by saving fall through the cracks, don't they? Because it's always an emergency coming up, always something you got to spend it on, or you just get tired of the burden of having to, to live a restricted kind of budget life, and you just go blow it on something to make yourself feel better. And so we had needs in the financial, the physical, the mental, and the social areas. You know, and we're limited to what we could expect in all of those areas. And we had no guarantee that things would work out for us. And we were even afraid to go forward in some things for fear of failure. So why would we want to go back to that? But we do. Because it's it's easy for the enemy to deceive us and trick us back over into that realm. And, and we'll show you how. So the burden of self-importance is something that we pick up oftentimes through deception and through pride. But the enemy will tempt us over in that realm. And that's his continual quest. Is to get us picking up the old burden again. Wearing us out, getting us tired. You ever say that? I'm tired of this and tired of that. It's because you've moved over into that mindset. Your soul's moved over and picked up that burden again. See, that didn't come from God. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. And so, you know, when that happens, you have to train yourself to remember, you know what, I've stepped over. I got to get back over in the faith again because I've stepped out of faith again because why? The tempter nudged you over there. So in uh, Matthew chapter, is it Matthew 6? Yeah, I think it's Matthew chapter 6. It's the, um, wait a minute, hold it. No, it's not. I knew that didn't sound right to me when I was writing it down. I think it's Luke. Wait a minute. It's Jesus in the wilderness. Now I originally had Luke written down here. Let me see if that was right. Yeah. I don't know how I got that. Four. Cool. Alright. <clears throat> now this is this is the plan of the enemy. This is how he does this. And we all we used to preach a lot on wilderness <laughs> situations, you know? Where you don't have you just barely have enough and but you know God. Uh, that's the most important part about that you know if you if you don't have enough you don't know God you're sunk but if you have just enough and you have God you're rich huh? you're rich wealthy and, and well to do so here we go Luke chapter 4 verse 1 and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost full of the Holy Ghost you're not defenseless you got me that's all you need 
is to be full of the Holy Ghost. And you can overcome anything. You can withstand anything. So that's your key. So the tempter will not be allowed to come to you with certain things if you're not filled with the power of God. You've got to God makes this a fight you can win. So he was filled with the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. In those days he didn't eat anything. And after they were ended, he got hungry. Didn't say he was hungry in the middle of it. Afterwards, and the devil came to him and he said, if you're the Son of God, do me a miracle. Command these, the stone be made into bread. If you are the son of God. Now the tempter will come to us. Reminding us. Of things that we don't have. When it says Jesus was 40 days fasting. He had no food during that time. Whatever it is. It can be something that you're waiting for God to bring to you. An answer to prayer. It can be something that you need. But God's taking care of. Sometimes you have a job that doesn't quite pay you what you would like it to pay. So you can do everything you need to do or you think you need to do. You ever wonder how you're still living? And still... You know, you ain't sleeping on the streets. You ain't got no shopping cart for a, you know, for a house or so. You know, it, seriously though, I mean that that is what people are when they don't have anything without God. And so, you think about that and you say to yourself, "Now wait a minute. God is still taking care of me in spite of what I lack." But the enemy is the one who needles you about it. Won't let you let it just be peaceful with God. You say you know what I'm cool right where I am. He'll say well look at so and so. They got. And they ain't half as spiritual as you are. You should have this. And if you're really spiritual. You produce it. Isn't that what we do? We sit up and we think about it. You say, well, you know what I must have done. What did I do wrong? How did I... I'm, this, I must not be on the right. I must have missed God somewhere. He must be over there and I'm over here because I don't have what so-and-so has. And, and I know they're spiritual. They're supposed to be spiritual. Or whatever. Or they got it and they ain't as spiritual as I am. You understand what I'm saying? Whatever he can do to mess your head up, he'll tell you exactly that. And so when the tempter comes to you, he comes to you in the power of deception to get you. And he challenges you on your identity as a son and a daughter of God. If you really are in the will of God, if you are really righteous, if you're really doing what God told you to do, how come you don't have that yet? Hmm? That's your your wilderness is your place of, of waiting for that promise. Or your place of not having everything that you've been praying for. 
Well, when do we ever have everything we're praying? Don't you always have something on the back burner simmering that you're waiting for God to do and some stuff on the front burner too that you're working on? So we're all working on something all the time. But there must be something else more important God is doing in your life because he's working on something himself. See, while you're looking at the outer, God's doing something on the inner. That the enemy sees working in you and he wants to disturb it and stop it. So he takes this little material thing on the outer and beats you over the head with the fact that you don't have it yet. To see if he can get you to go for something cheap compared to what God's doing inside. And if he can interrupt the inner workings of God in us. That's what he's after. He'd care less if you got a house, a car, or anything. Because all he has to do is cause a slight disturbance in that. If that's really in your heart, you'll drop what God's doing and run and take care of it. But if he can manipulate you. To looking at the outer and let go of what God's doing and consider what he's doing as the inner of lesser importance. That's why the Bible says to be content with such things as you have. See contentment is worth a lot of money. Huh? It's worth a lot. Because if, if you are not easily moved and you're not easily disturbed... And the devil knows that he can. You're 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 solid on the inside. You're rock solid. You you're not going anywhere. You know you could care less about this stuff. You can tough it out because God's working a work on the inside of you. I can remember when when uh, my husband was sick before he passed away, and God showed me a vision of me doing something that that I haven't stepped into yet. And I kept thinking to myself, I said, God, I said, I do want to do that. I really want to do that. And the first thing you think is, how much do I have to study? How much do I have to pray in tongues? How much do I have to, you know, you know self-righteous, that nonsense. And somehow it, it dropped inside of me that I, he wasn't, my husband wasn't going to live. And that would be what... He would have to have to work on the inside of me. You see what I'm saying? To bring me to that. You got me? Because in my bereavement I would have to take on so much of God. To fill me up. And make me whole again. That that would come automatically out of that. You understand what I'm saying? These things you can understand them after a season. You can't understand them before you walk into them. But if you'll stay with God and be faithful. See that's what the test is. Are you going to drop out and, and join the widow's club? I mean there's nothing wrong with that. You don't get me wrong. You understand? But it just wasn't for me. That wasn't the way he was leading me. He'd already shown me where I was going. And so my then my challenge is to stay with him and stay content so he can get me there. See, I can't be here and be disgruntled and be upset and give you. Well, I didn't get to do this. You can't have you can't have that and have him too, and have what he's bringing you into. Yeah, you can do that for a season, but when that season's over, you got to lay that 
down and you got to walk away and you got to go on into what he has for you because there's so much more than you know that he's doing there's so much more than we know that he wants to accomplish through us so much more than we know why doesn't he tell us because he don't want us goofing it up huh you ever give a baby a hundred dollar bill no right that's exactly right either tear it up slobber it up or something that's why he won't give us the understanding of so many things that he's called us to do Huh? You can know it's, you know, sometimes you'll get a glimpse of it in the spirit. It'll shoot by on the inside of you and say, whoa, that look, I don't know what that was, but it was wonderful. Huh? This is much as you'll get sometimes. Why? Because you wouldn't be doing things by faith if he showed you everything. And you'd be able to say, I don't know if I want that or not. Hmm? It's a thought. So. So here Jesus is in the wilderness. And the enemy comes to him in a subtle way. Oh yeah if you're the son of son of God you know. Do that. And if you've got a little bit of flesh. And a little bit of self importance. And a little bit of pride. You'll grab on and do that. See, That's what the devil wants you to do. Huh? Well you know. Sometimes you need to, to fast a little bit longer and God will give you that. Get real spiritual with you. You know, you need to get up at five every morning and pray in tongues for an hour. Now, you might as well go to bed praying in tongues, pray in tongues in the little night, and wake up praying in tongues and to say you're gonna set your clock an hour. That hour in the morning get real. Huh? You might do a Shumana Hamana Hasai rolling over at five and get you another hour so you can function at work. But I guarantee you, huh? Because if that's not close to your lifestyle, how are you going to plunge into that? Most people can't, you see. So God will give you something that more fits you. If there's something more for you to do, he'll give you something that fits you. Well, yeah, I can turn the turn the radio off in my car and pray in tongues for 15 minutes on the way. Well, we got a deal, huh? We got a deal, huh? We got a deal. <laughs> but very often these things are not God telling us what we have to do in order to get something, because He doesn't operate like that. He leads us. He doesn't give us a list of to dos. See that self-righteousness. That's where you know that you picked up the burden of self-importance again. And you listen to the tempter. It's taken too long for you to get that answer to prayer from God. You must have done something wrong. So he challenges your righteousness. When he challenges you is when it says if you be the son of God. What he's doing is challenging your righteousness. You must have done something wrong because if you were righteous, God would have given you this by now. It works, doesn't it? Because we, most of us, go for days, years, months, and something else trying to figure out what we did wrong. Huh? When the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a witness on the inside, you do something wrong, He'll let you know in that, like that. 
You messed up. And what you do is repent. You don't you don't do a ten Hail Marys in order to get back into righteousness with God. You know, there's there's no penance here. There's no punishment. You just repent, change your mind, get back over there again, tell God you're sorry, and get under the blood again, get yourself cleansed, and walk away in righteousness, and walk away in faith, believing again. God, I thank you that that answer's on the way. There's nothing wrong here. And I repent for listening to the devil for so long and giving him so much of my time that I could have been, been spending listening to you. See? That's where the sin is. That we listen to the counsel of the ungodly. Hmm? Even though it's coming through your own mind and your own voice. You sat there and you've listened to that. Probably even repeated some of it. Called several people and asked them what they think about it. What you ought to do in order to get God to move God's hand we say. Or whatever. But as long as you're in faith believing God. Let the inner workings of God conform you to his son on the inside that's so much more important than you getting a fast answer to prayer what does that prove huh are we in a speed contest does that does that mean you got faith the fact that you can get an answer real quick i mean what's that about huh but if you're in faith you're content with what god's provided for you your son you know you have an inheritance. You're not nervous about it. And you're not anxious about anything. We become tempted when we believe there's a problem between us and God. And there's not. Hmm? That didn't come from God. So we need to just be obedient. And allow the blessing to come to us. You got me? No, I know people are singing about go get your blessing. Get it from where? Are we going to do rob somebody? Huh? No, God knows where you live. He knows exactly where to, to drive the car to, where to park it and all that kind of stuff or whatever you're waiting on. He knows how to do that. And what you need to do is spend more time worshiping him. Hmm? Having fellowship with him. Showing him that you trust him and that you are content. Mm-hmm. So the devil wants us to get make time our enemy and try to accelerate it through self-righteousness. And so when we do that we've already picked up the burden of self-importance again. You're the most important one here. God's not faithful unless you're doing backflips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're if you're the son of God, you'll show me that you're righteous by doing something. Saying, do a miracle and show me how righteous you are. And so many times we'll start adopting behaviors that we hear people say when they were in the same situation they did that and God answered for them. You got me? And so you have to be careful about that stuff. Nothing's more important than what God tells you is needed on the inside of you. What you need to do is lean into the fruit of patience. Because what's happening is is you're you're fragmented on the inside. And the Bible says patience makes you whole and entire lacking nothing. 
And until you learn how to lean into the fruit of patience and let that feed you and feed your soul, then you're lacking and not whole. And see, that's what the enemy wants. He wants that cheesy faith, you know, a Swiss cheese with holes in it so he can go and push and make you waver. Mm-hmm. So when you find yourself wavering, doubting your righteousness, doubting your right standing, which really casts a negative light on God's work, the finished work, you know. And so you have to have faith in the completeness of that. And if there is something that's lacking, the Holy Spirit will put it in you. It's not something you always have to do, but it's something that he's putting on the inside of you. Something he's teaching you how to yield to that so that you'll be whole and entire and you won't be lacking in any good thing. So the enemy attacks our identity and he attacks our righteousness, which is not ours, it's imputed. So you don't have to make any excuses for Jesus' righteousness. You don't have to make any uh, excuses for the timetable that God has you on. You don't have to give the enemy an answer about any of this stuff. Just be content. And it will come faster than you know. Before you know it you got a note to pay. You got other things. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. It will be right there. And you will be doing what everybody else does. But if you learn to stand with God. You will get it in his time. It will be you'll be complete. You won't have any fear regarding it. And you'll be whole and entire. And you won't lack anything. Hmm? This is not something you can do yourself. Sometimes people want to have a certain confidence on the inside of them. To know that it's time for something. You know, you won't always have that when God brings it to you because we know God is a God of the suddenlies. But if he brings something to you and you kind of are concerned, well, how am I going to do this with it? He'll remove those fears. He'll make you content with it, you know, very quickly. I'm not talking about how we manipulate things to get them outside of God. But I'm talking about God bringing it into your life in kind of a suddenly fashion. You know, it's like boom, all of a sudden there it is. And so if it happens like that, which it does sometimes, you know, God will make sure that he'll straighten you up real quick on the inside. Where it won't make you nervous, you won't be insecure about it, you won't be concerned about it at all. It will just be a part of your life and it's easy uh, to adjust to that he'll help you make that adjustment so we need to learn how to have patience for the things that may take longer and how to adjust expect God to adjust us when the suddenlies happen in our lives you know suddenly you find yourself uh, you know there have been people that have had this and you know your family might expand quickly because of uh, you know situations come up grandparents sometimes you know if you got a kid that's irresponsible on drugs or in trouble with the child protective suddenly you got four more extra mouths to feed you know you weren't praying for it you weren't expecting it but you know it's something you must do well God will help you with those things see that adjustment will happen quickly why because God is able to work those inner workings in us so that we can accept certain things you know certain things responsibility issues he will help us adjust quickly on the inside but I wouldn't be hasty to take on any kind of extra 
on your own just to prove to the the enemy that that you know you're okay you know and this is how you prove you're okay is by the stuff that you have you know that's that's never a reflection of your level of faith your level of righteousness anything like that it has nothing to do with that and so we keep them separated out like they're supposed to be and allow God to take that burden away from us then we can receive what he has for us receive it with joy and confidence but but be careful of the temptations of the enemy folks these little mind games he plays with us because they'll cost us as far as our inner development is concerned if we keep running off on little bunny trails trying to see what's holding up this blessing what's holding up that blessing uh, just live in a contentment with God lay that down and take up the yoke of Christ and, and it's, a, it's a good life it's a, neat, it's a contented life no matter if you have it now you're waiting on it 15 years 20 years 30 years whatever you'll be content in that and that's what pleases God amen why don't we stop father in heaven we thank you for allowing us the opportunity to know that we don't have to give in to the enemy the tempter of the enemy we thank you father that we are free of the devil's power because we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and we know you're working on us father we know you are working on us because we've laid down that burden of self-importance and we picked up the humble easy yoke of Jesus Christ and we thank you Lord we have confidence in what you're doing in us and we bless you and we thank you for it in Jesus name amen praise God if anybody needs prayer you can come on up for prayer